You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Georgie Ben, Africa, Brazil. Uh, on the line, I have Rob. Yes, sir. Ben. Hello. And John. Yes. Africa, Brazil is the 1976 release by Brazilian artist Georgie Ben. It was Ben's 14th studio album, and the producer is Marco Manzola. And I'm going to read from All Music Review. Oh, sorry. It was obviously Music Popular... Uh, Brazil, funk, samba, soul. I'm going to read from All Music Review, Philip Jendowski. This 1976 album is undoubtedly one of the greatest classics of Brazilian popular music, with Georgie Ben mixing funky samba, Afro-Brazilian beats, and crunchy guitars to create one of the most fantastic sounds ever recorded in Brazil. The album kicks off with a raw, energetic Ponte de Lanza Africana. And from there, it never slows down, but continues to plow up one fiery, funky gem after the other. The samba soul and samba funk scenes of the 1970s in Brazil produced many great artists and many great recordings, fully comparable with the best soul and funk music recorded in the U.S. during the same time period. Georgie Ben was the most prominent figure of the scene in African Brazil, is probably the most famous of its 1970s recordings for any person who is interested in the music of Jordi Ben or indeed Brazilian funk in general. There's no better sample than that of Africa, Brazil. All right. What do we think of Jordi Ben? Dude, this is awesome. I love this album. Yeah, this yeah. is a uh, completely blew me away. I mean, we're, we've been in deep with some Brazilian Tropicalia artists and bring it on. I want it's more. It's cool to have the, like American funk aspect of it. I, I, I've loved all like the Tropicalia, the, the uh, music popular that we've covered, but this is the first one that we've covered that, that really just gets so funky. Yeah. yeah it brings in a shit ton of funk, <laughs> funk and soul. Yeah, yeah. Brought in that soul. It was the first one where he brought in the, uh, I believe the sort of like crunchy guitar. They, he was moving away from the bossa nova, uh, flamenco nylon string guitar and this is the one that really pushes that it feels like a rock out you know it feels like a 1960s electric guitar album yeah like Sly and the Family Stone the sort of funkiness of the it, it's cool it's really cool I'm really into it yeah I'd never heard this album before I feel like I'd heard well, well let's just call it Uma Baba Ruma uh, Ponte de Lanza Africano like I think I'd heard that you know maybe played on a radio station or on VH1? a sample. Somewhere. It might've been. Yeah. I don't know. Like Sepultura I, covered it. 
Oh, no, Soulfly covered it. Oh, Soulfly. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, Sepultura is it, Brazilian, though, right? Yes, the yeah. lead singer of Sepultura is in Soulfly. Soulfly is a Phoenix or Tucson-based band, and then their version fucking sucks. <laughs> I've, never, I've never listened to it. It's not. It's not good. It's not worth worth your time. I mean, I I, I get why they did it, but yeah, not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I I didn't know what the fuck to expect with this, and I was pleased as punch with uh with what came out. Um, ben, what'd you say the name of that instrument is? The uh, McDonald straw. The the Kuika. Kuika. Yeah, um, it, it played or what it is. Yes, uh, I can describe it. So it's uh, imagine like it's a small imagine like a small tom tom drum like a like a very high pitched tom tom drum that is missing a bottom head. So you actually, you stick your hand in through the bottom of it and attached to the center of the top head, the center of the bottom of the top head, sticking down through the, the drum Membrane. of the drum yeah. is a post that uh, like, like a metal pole, like a little post that ha- is kind of like the McDonald's straw type of thing. So you can like lick your fingers, stick your hand up in this drum on the post and you're like, you're working that post while your other hand can change the pitch by putting tension on, on the top <clears throat> drum head. But by, by putting yeah. tension on the balls, I get you. By putting yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you know it's kind of kind of like it's similar concept to a talking drum where uh where you're you're applying tension on the top head to to change the pitch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, go, our go, listeners go cannot see your hand gestures. Yeah, it really helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, you, you get what, what I'm saying, though. That, like, that, it, it's a quicker, yeah, and that's how you a, play it, and it's cool. Is it one one of you people, you people, <laughs> you had people. serious issues with the uh, uh, electric jug for 13th floor elevators? That was, and me. The that was Kui- not me. I thought it was the, cool. the yeah the Kuika is at, yeah. As as in your faces, the electric jug Here, was. With here's my problem, so. though, with the electric jug. It was on every song in every part. And it was the same jug. They, they were not uh, changing up the, 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 the elements of the song. And it's the same thing. I would feel the same way if someone put harmonica throughout every single song that they did. Why? Yeah. You know, it, Bob it, Dylan. It, it's it's producing. <laughs> you need it for dynamics. I get it. Like, and it's cool on some songs, but the, that's the reason I did not like that. Is like the person was uh, unnecessary in the band. This cool that we're listening to right now sounds it sounds cool. It's like providing something for this song that is interesting. I think okay. that if Kuika was used on every single song I ever heard, I would never get sick of it. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> different take just a bunch of uh, just a bunch of those we just start a band where we're all playing a cover but a cover band but just it's just a kawika choir i was (laughs) (laughs) i was uh the other day i was listening to we had recorded about the united states of america and that they had a steam was a steam organ a calliope? A calliope, yeah. And we were like, oh, yeah. we just need like a bunch of calliopes. So <laughs> somebody's playing a calliope, someone's playing a Kuika. Like, Kuika. let's just make the most absurd band with all the different elements that you would never play. 
Why is it McDonald's straws other than other fast food franchises <laughs> that can replicate this song? You can't this get sound? this with an In-N-Out burger Ma- straw. No. no one ever says no. a Burger King straw. No one ever says a Wendy's straw. It is specifically the McDonald's straw that makes like. I, I will tell you, it's because McDonald's has actually determined the proper diameter for a straw to allow you to drink the most soda. And so the wider opening of the straw resonates better. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. McDonald's. Uh, that, that, that fucking checks out, dude. <laughs> Glad we cracked the case. Yeah. Anyone else hear a familiar melody when uh, track six Taj Mahal came up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. So uh, anybody else read about it? Oh yeah, yeah, I read about it. The, okay, the, the musical hook in in the song Taj Mahal is the same as the hook for uh, Rod Stewart's hit of two years later. Uh, Do you think I'm sexy? That ba 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 ba. Uh, Georgie Ben noticed, and he he sued uh, Rod Stewart, and the. The settlement was, and I think this is really cool. Uh, uh, Rod Stewart had to donate all of his royalties to UNICEF, and I think that is a really cool way to come to an agreement on it. Yeah, especially. I mean, you're already a well-known artist. It's like, well, actually, I don't need this money, but I think like, you can. I agree. don't like that you're using it, but I don't need the money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you should at least donate that money to charity. Yeah. <laughs> about georgie ben but he seems like a really cool dude like the lyrics to these songs are insane compared to like what you think they might be about when you're just hearing them like i don't know what any of these songs are about except for i know that that ponte de lanza is about soccer right so ponte de lanza is about uh soccer about uh, a character uh a player on the field that i didn't know like the ponte de lanza is the like the spearhead that's the person who is there to receive oh, the, point the ball. Of the, lance? the point exactly. of the lance. Are point you of the lance. Yes, yeah. he's the person to receive the ball and put it into the goal. Striker. He's the finisher. Striker. Yeah. Yep. So, but then you've got other songs that are about like, oh, Hermes Trimagisterius, which is like the dude who invented uh, hermeticism and uh, is big behind alchemy. Like the whole song's about like alchemical concepts. Man, that's a very funky song about chemical concepts. Yeah, super funky song about alchemical concepts. <laughs> and then, like, other stuff about, like, being a plebeian and trying to love a princess. So way before Two Princes. And then Taj Mahal is a straight-up story, at least a little bit, about, like, oh, you know uh, the the uh, Shah Jahan of India built this uh, temple for his – or this, you know, uh, big – uh, funerary place for his uh, princess uh, Mumtaz. Like that is exactly what Taj Mahal is about. Like it's straight up. It just li- it's just literal. Yeah, it's very literal. He's like, oh, and like he's saying it in Portuguese, so it sounds different and cool. But he's saying like, oh yeah, this is about Shah Jahan and Mumtaz. Like he says those words in it. Like he huh. lays it out. Yeah, 
it's just crazy. Like, because it's so funky. Oh my god, dude! I tell you what, I I I put on this album to listen to his homework, and my butt just doesn't stop moving. I put it on the other day. I, I was cooking some dinner. And I wasn't even really paying attention. I caught myself in the mirror. You know, just, I was just getting down with my bad self. <laughs> it's impossible not to not to just groove to this. I, I think what I found really interesting about it too is it's like those tropicality songs where every song has a unique idea. It has a has an interesting composition that is groovy and cool in its own way but you can never get bored because each idea it's like maybe you don't like this song all right how about the next one because it's it's going to be something different it's still going to be like funky sing-along exciting i guess but at the same time it's it's they sound different it does have despite the like uh, for an american english speaker of like the like the wall of how hard it is to understand Portuguese, it does have that, um, almost every song has an element that is like a te-te-te-te-te-te-te, you know, like something where right. you can make a noise that sounds the same that is just like a la-la-la or na-na-na. Like, you can sing along even if you don't know Portuguese. Guilty is charged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did find it interesting. Uh, someone from the Nuvo... Everybody remember the Indianapolis? Uh, I remember Nouveau, yeah. Nouveau, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, now defunct Nouveau. Yeah. Now sadly defunct Nouveau. Uh, someone had written about him uh, and said that he, the song was just possibly one of the best songs about sports ever written. Uh, said that Georgie Ben should be considered the po- poet laureate of soccer songwriting. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? There's at least, there's at least two soccer songs on this album, and they bang. <laughs> yeah. And and the, the poet laureate of of soccer or football, like why not be from Brazil? Yeah. I, I can think of worse places for a person to be yeah. from. You know? <laughs> oh, playboo! <laughs> oh, playboo! 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 Yeah. Well, in English, it's plebe. <laughs> oh, plebe. oh, really? Is yeah. it? Is it really? Oh, plebe. Yeah, well, like you would call someone a plebe, like a plebeian is like a, yeah. like a, I don't know what you want to say, like a lower class person, someone who's so normal as not even to be like noticed or spoken about. Right. And that's what the song's about? Yeah, he's like, it's it's like two princes, you know, where, okay. Like, okay. where like he's in love with a princess and like, you know, if you marry him, you know, your father will condone you. But if you marry me, your father will disown you because I got nothing. <laughs> Like that's that's the same Except song. The pocket full of kryptonite. That's I am right. right there with you, baby. <laughs> same what thing. time is it? You want to buy me road? Is that cool? So, but yeah, no, but that's that's what that song's about. It's like basically the 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 issues of loving someone when you're like just poor and they're way beyond you. Thank you for being our Portuguese translator on this episode. Yeah. I looked it up. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> it does have a nice. I, uh, I, I, other than I knew that one of the songs was about football, <laughs> I, I know nothing about what Georgie Ben is singing about. I just know that it is funky as hell, and I love it. So I'll just lay it out real fast. You got two songs about football. You got one song about uh, like the tarot and uh, alchemy and like other random bizarre hermetical stuff. You got one song about uh mental philosophies you got one song about what happens to his kids when they grow up you got one song about uh loving somebody when you're poor you got one song about shah jahan and his princess 
uh, Mumtaz and how he built her this giant funerary palace, the Taj Mahal. You got one song about, uh, the, there are a couple songs on here that are about uh, Brazilian myths. And so those do play in a little bit. What's um, uh, Historia de Giorgi about? Historia de Giorgi <laughs> is, a, is a song that doesn't have, as far as I can tell, any historical context, except for it's a story about a boy who had a friend who might be an angel named George who can fly. Would that Georgie be the same Georgie that no, is singing? No, different Georgie. No, I think no, I think he, I think he's Georgie, but he has a different friend named Georgie who's an angel. It's a common, common, common. It's a very popular name. Yeah. And then you got some songs about like um, a, a little bit, and then there's like a few things about Brazil about the uh, the Palmares uh, colony, sort of, or not colony, but Palmares settlement where it's slaves who freed themselves and established a kingdom within Brazil. Like historically that did occur. So it's interesting that most of this is like, you know, interesting or about things that are inherently Brazilian, like love of soccer, uh, love of your family, you know, love generally. But then you've got songs that are about like some Brazilian history and some about alchemy. <laughs> so Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a cool mix and they're all funky. Like I don't dislike a song on here. I think they are all great. La, 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 la. I was I was just gonna say I'm actually a little surprised that I have I don't recognize um, these from samples like I, I figured this is this is prime material for uh, later sampling but Definitely. I don't know mm -hmm. go figure I bet if we dug we could probably find them yeah it's true so right now we're listening to uh, Tosh Mahal that's got the uh, the the Rod Stewart bar, uh, hook that Rod Stewart borrowed in the chorus. <clears throat> in a few tracks, we we have uh, Historia de Giorgi. And wh while I'm listening to Tosh Mahal right now, I can't picture in my head uh, how Historia de Giorgi sounds. But next to it, I've got written Disco Samba? Question mark. Mm -hmm. I put Space Funk next to it. <laughs> okay. But no, but, I think samba samba does run through all this for sure. I guess my question is: I, I wrote that down while I was listening to it. I'm not currently listening to it, and I can't picture it in my head. We have just covered "Dancing Queen" as maybe one of the first true disco songs that we've covered. Is "Historia de Giorgi"? Would would that be a? Uh, can we can we skip to? Oh, I guess we can all <laughs> skip <to> that. One. <laughs> oh. I, I don't want to be difficult. Uh, so I I hear that though in like ta uh, Taj Mahal this this sort of four on the floor right mm -hmm. yeah yep this yep. is a straight beat which is disco and I think do you think I'm sexy was also a disco song yeah absolutely yes, no I, I think yeah. you're on to something though that that this sort of this sort of beat is not traditional with samba that sort of backing beat. So I could see that it's sort of incorporating more of the 70s elements to it. And it's incorporating that sort of a twanging guitar, the sort of the. 
I like the guitar in this record. It's cool. it, it, especially after I after I read that it was like his first album to to kind of in, incorporate the electric guitar like this. Yeah, more, more of a nylon strings dude. Everybody was. They turned their bat. They they literally. It was like Dylan going electric when these guys picked up the electric guitar. It was the same reaction that everybody in the bossa nova element had reacted like the folk people in America. They sort of disowned it and said, oh, no, you, you can't do that. Guess what? He totally can. <laughs> <laughs> what about like, uh, so this is 1976. Os Mutantes was what, like 68? So this is like eight years later, and that, that's a very, very electric. Yeah. But it's held to a different standard since his origins were more based in traditional uh, like uh, Brazilian music. Correct. I th- he, he, was, uh, he was one of the originators, you know. He, he was already like well-established when Os Mutantes sort of like broke in. They were the kids, too. They were the rebels, you know, the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. So it it sort of, it kind of makes sense that he was um, already this uh, established uh, bossa nova player. Yeah, he'd been doing stuff since 60, his first recording was 63 or 64, I think. (laughs) He'd been around for a while. I would imagine it was pretty straightforward bossa nova at that point. Yeah, I didn't listen. I didn't listen to it, but I'd imagine so as well. Um, I was on a stupid fact, uh, apropos of nothing. Um, the most time he took off between recording like one album to another album up until 2008. So like 64 to 2008 was three years. Holy like, wow. Yeah. Like he, like, I think the seventies, he had at least one or two albums every year, like going forward. He fucking prolific. I definitely dig the vibe of this one and knowing he's as prolific as he is and not only prolific as he is, but uh, like, uh, you know, evolutionary as he is. I I, I definitely want to dig more into his catalog. Just see, see what other stuff he's touched on. Like I'm sure his bossa Nova stuff's great. His, his Brazilian funk stuff is fantastic. I want to know what else this guy's got going on, you know, right there with you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not just him, you know, singing and playing guitar. It's, I mean, there's solid backup singers, solid percussion. I mean, the, the production is good. The whole album is solid. I wish the, the, the backup singers didn't get any, uh, uh, any, any credit on this. I have no idea who they yeah. are. It's a shame because they're really Lost. good. Yeah, They are. What do you think about this album? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like the genre. Uh, I was not that familiar with Georgie Ben, but now I am. And uh, my my new goal is to dig further into his catalog because if this is just one one sample section and and he has not gone more than three years without releasing an album from '63 to, to to now, I want to see what else is what else this guy's done. This is till uh, '08. 2008 yeah I I get the feeling that we are just scratching the surface of Georgie Ben with this I think that this album's probably a really good entry point based on what I've read but now I want to uh, explore further and uh, definitely a positive for me uh, you can shake your butt to every single song on this record 
You're not living if you don't. Yeah, gonna, the, 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 yeah, go for it, bud. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second that. Absolutely uh, complete positive. I would like to uh, further our prior experimental concept by getting a, a dirty 30 pack of beers, drinking 15 and listening to Kisses Destroyer, then drinking the other 15 and listening to a variety of Georgie Ben because it's just going to be a good time. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you don't need 15 beers, but you could totally have 15 beers to a variety of these songs. So I loved it. I was 100% behind it. Absolutely. Yeah, I was real surprised. Uh, again, like, I, th- this book's really good at surprising me with, uh, like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call it world music I hadn't heard before. Um, and, yeah, this, this fucking record rips. Absolute positive. Yeah, I'm on the same uh same boat total positive it's funky it's it it has that rock edge too it has that i mean rock and roll funk it feels like f- the best of sort of slime the family stone with a samba uh beat backing band and stuff it's it's really cool yeah i'm with you rob though this for as much as we kind of say oh this book oh this list who could who this that and the other it's they keep giving us albums like this that are that are fun that are funky that are mm-hmm. you know exactly what we're looking for i guess with within this book stuff we hadn't heard before that we absolutely want to hear so cool all right next time we'll be talking about joan arma trading and her self-titled album all right thanks so much.